A reading from the book of Isaiah. Comfort, O comfort, my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord, Lord's hand, double for all her sins. A voice cries out, in the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight the desert highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed and all people shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All people are grass. Their constancy is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades. When the breath of the Lord blows upon it, surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the, flow the flower fades. But the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings. Lift it up, do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fail, fall exhausted. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. There are many ways that you and I create an understanding, a vision, perhaps an image of what human life is like. And one of the ways that I think of human life is that we live in a constant state of flux. We move from a state of wanting something, needing something, craving something, to having something, to being filled with something. All of life is that way. There are other ways, of course, to describe life, but I think that's generally true. Think about it yourself for a moment. Much of life is either about trying to find, trying to fill, or dealing with what we have found, dealing with what we do already have. When things are bad, we want things to be good. When it's hot, we want it to be cold. When it's dry, we want it to be rainy. And then when it's cold, we want it to be hot. And when it's rainy, we want it to be dry. Think about it. Thursday morning, 
You are filled with cravings and longings and yearnings for food to fill you up. And then you eat. And you find yourself wanting to be hungry again and not so full anymore. Am I right about this? Isn't life this way? Israel found itself in a place where it was wanting, yearning, craving, even crying out for the things that it once had had but no longer had anymore. In the time of Isaiah, Israel was being attacked first by the Assyrians, later the Babylonians. The nation found itself in a place where it was struggling to be a nation still. The economy was bad and it was getting worse. All of the social structures and niceties of life were disintegrating around the people. Their towns, their cities were besieged by foreign armies, eventually destroyed. Families were being uprooted and having to flee away. People were being hurt. People were being oppressed. People were being enslaved. People were being killed. And so Israel wanted peace. Israel wanted prosperity. Israel wanted life to be good again. Into the midst of that situation of need, Isaiah spoke a word from the Lord. It's a word that has become part of the lexicon of our celebration of Advent and Christmas. The word comfort. Comfort, my people, says your God. Let's do a little bit of free association for a moment with the word comfort. My first thought when I hear the word comfort is comfort food. <laughs> this comes as no surprise to you. <laughs> Think of all the advertisements that you see from the furniture companies. Come buy our comfortable sofa, our comfortable lounge chair. Reside in comfort. All of us want to have a comfortable income and a comfortable retirement. Many of us have found the most comfortable pews in San Diego County. Some of us still are searching. Comfort is a good thing. Comfort is a wonderful thing. Israel needed, craved comfort. The end of warfare, the restoration of the nation. And so Isaiah spoke a word from God. Comfort is coming. But he had a lot more to say than just about comfort. From where does this comfort come? How does it come? How do we recognize it when it's there? Isaiah launched into a long conversation with some rather curious thoughts and ideas. 
Comfort my people, says your God. Proclaim to them that they have served their term, they've paid their penalty, they've received double for all their sins. What does that have to do with comfort? Well, you see, Israel had a profound understanding that it often forgot. That her survival depended on her faithfulness to God. Faithfulness to God is all about having a relationship with God, being in touch with your creator, being in sync with your maker, being connected to the very source of life itself. Sin takes you away from that. Faithlessness takes you away from that. No, it is not a very simple and easy dynamic of love God and everything will go well, hate God and everything will go terribly. Israel knew better than that. Sometimes even when you do love God, things don't go very well. But things will always not go very well, eventually, and you will survive them, you will perhaps even thrive through them if you have a relationship with God. And so Isaiah reminded the people that the comfort that might come to Israel would be a comfort that comes partly through a renewal and restoration of Israel's relationship with her God. But he's got more to say. Isaiah proclaims good news to the people, good news to you and me. People are grass. There's some of the good news for you today. You are grass. You're here today, you're gone tomorrow. You're just like the grass, just like the flowers. You might have a moment of beauty, of life, of thriving, but then you're gone. Why is that good news? Because it's the truth. We are like grass. We are born, we live, we decline, we die. Another generation comes, another generation goes. We are not in control of our own fates. We are not the masters of the universe. We cannot, on our own, provide for our own comfort. We must look elsewhere, outside of ourselves, for that which will comfort us. If you keep looking to yourself, you are trapped by a lie. The good news is you cannot find it in yourself. And so we must look elsewhere. Isaiah reminds us of where that elsewhere is. We are grass, but God is forever. The word of God will stand forever. Our God is an everlasting God. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. It is only in the arms of a loving and everlasting God that we can find the comfort that we crave. And so Isaiah lifts up the reality of our temporality, but then the even more important truth of God's eternity. And that's well and good. Isn't it wonderful that God is so great? There's one more thing that we need. One more thing must happen. 
God can be in his heaven, perfectly self-sufficient, perfectly happy, and we down on earth living and dying like the grass. But something must happen. God must come to us, and indeed God does. He will feed his flock, Isaiah says, like a shepherd. He will give us power. He will renew our strength so that we will fly like the eagles. There's the good news. The everlasting God comes to be with us. Israel looked forward to its consolation. And indeed, Israel was restored as a nation, but it discovered that in this life, in this world, in the ways of this world, there is no eternal comfort to be found. And so Israel looked still. Israel looked again. And finally, one day, Israel's Savior was born. We are getting ready to celebrate the final comfort, the final consolation of God in the birth of Jesus. But what do we do until that time comes? It's one thing to read these beautiful and timeless words of Isaiah. It's quite another to live by them every day, but that's what I am interested in for myself and for you. The clues are right there in what Isaiah says. Do we prepare? Do we make straight the highways? Do we lift up the low places and lower the high places so that God can come directly to us? In the wilderness, Isaiah says, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. That's what the season of Advent is. The season of our saying again to God, God, we maybe have turned away from you. We maybe have ignored you. We have taken you for granted, but we will not do that now. We will open our hearts to your salvation that comes fully and finally with the birth of the Savior. We will open ourselves to God realizing that we're only grass, but that's okay because our God is forever. And our God will come, our God has come to comfort us, to strengthen us, to renew us, to feed us with himself. That's why we come to this table. We come to this table because that's the place where we remember the comfort and consolation of Israel that was not just for Israel, but for the whole world, for all people, for all time. God invites us, just as Phoebe did so beautifully a moment ago, to come and dance around the table with him. 
This is not a meal with the relatives that you hate to see every year. This is not a meal where you have on so many clothes that you can't enjoy the food. This is not a meal where you have to be so prim and proper and you eat with the wrong fork of the 13 that are sitting there in front of you. This is a meal where we gather around the table and we dance with joy. We dance with hope. We dance with love. We welcome others into the dance because God has come to be with us. Ministering in the name of the living Lord Jesus Christ, I invite you then to come to this table. There's a little piece of me that wants to invite all of you to come and dance around it. We'll save that for some other time. Dance in your heart. Dance in your soul. Come to this table to which Jesus invites everyone. Jesus says that one day people will come from east and west, from north and south. They'll come from everywhere and sit at a table and dance around it, I think, in the kingdom of God. Come. Enjoy the feast.